What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always visit us on our website, fathom.church. Our messages are all available there, as well as on our Church Center app and YouTube. You can check us out on Instagram or on Facebook. In addition to our Fathom Church page, you can request there to join our Fathom Family Facebook group. That is the very best way to keep up to date on all of the great things happening at Fathom. We hope that your new year is off to a great start, and we look forward to growing stronger with you in 2021. A great resource to remember to check out is our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. There you're going to find some practical, casual conversation, just a couple of leaders applying Sunday sermon to faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So we hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. What's up, Fathom Church? How you guys doing today? You guys good? Awesome. It's so good to be with you. I'm in the dark, but we'll be in the lights here in just a second. There you go. I can see you now. Happy New Year. Uh, what's up, Fathom family online? If you're in the room, will you show some love to our family online? We're a church in a lot of different places. We got a lot of counties represented online, in person, a lot of different neighborhoods. I'm thankful um, that God's given us technology to stay connected uh, throughout this, this past year as we've been walking through this. We were, um, uh, last night, we were, we were running around um, just kind of having some family time, and uh, the boys were talking, asking us something about money, and like, do, do, why, do, why do me and mom share our money? Like, why do we do that? Because <laughs> like, they're not sharing their money with each other, but like, why do we do that? And so it was a great time to just kind of talk to them about, you know, God's plan for the marriage and that two become one flesh, and, and we're working together. We're, we're, like one, we're like one person. That's how God's created us, and, and the reason that God created it like that is because he wanted marriage to be a reflection of Christ and the church, and, uh, you know, because me and Taryn are very different. If you know us, you know we're very different. We have different personalities, different giftings, different strengths, different preferences, different opinions. We both have very strong opinions about, about things. Um, and, and so we're, we're different, but we're, we're unified. We come together as one. And that's, I was just teaching them, that's exactly what we do as the body of Christ. We're all different. We all have different opinions and different gifts and different strengths and different weaknesses. But we come together to be a representative of Jesus Christ, to represent him to the world, to be a light in this dark world. And so I'm thankful you're here. I'm praying that you're not just here uh, digitally or in person, but that you're here. (laughs) You're here spiritually to unify in this season, because I believe that God wants to do incredible things, not only in us, but through us in 2021. And it starts starts right now. I, I know that um, many of you, your, your Christmas season, your holiday season looks a lot like mine, which is uh, one more trip to the dessert table. Anybody else? Like, that's what mine looks like. Taryn made these two killer pecan pies, or pe- pecan pies, whichever, depending on. I said unity, people. I said unity. Immediately, I just pick up one word, and all of a sudden, the church is splitting. Um, no, but I, I, I loved it. It was so good. She made these other things called magic bars, and they're like totally magic. And like, I know with both of those, there's just like a stick of butter in each of them. And that's just, you know, they were trying to figure out like the name for butter. And they're just like, it just makes everything better. What could we call it? And they're like, well, we could call it butter. That's as close as we can get to better. It, it makes it better. And uh, so I had, I had plenty of butter through that season. And, uh, but now I, I love this kind of start to the year where physically, 
you know, we come and spiritually we come to really detox our bodies. Many of you have kind of set out a plan, maybe for fasting, maybe just for, you know, kind of getting yourself healthy, mind, body, soul. You're, you're kind of thinking through those those things, many people in our culture are trying to get back on the right track from all that was lost in 2020. We're, we're trying to get back on the, the right track, and, and, and I think God's going to really use the next four weeks as we move into a series called Soul Detox, because I've really learned to appreciate just kind of the health benefits of kind of cleansing my body. I really do get a lot of those toxins out because I put a lot of them in <laughs> over the past, and so I, I love that part of it. I remember the first time I I did a fast, and for those of you that are wondering, I'm not going to be teaching on fasting for the next four weeks. I'm just giving you an illustration here. But at the, uh, I remember the first time I did a fast, I was probably like 19 years old, and it was a complete fast, and so water only, and, and I'd never done anything like that. But I'm like, I'm just kind of excited. I'm going to go for it, and um, water only. And I was miserable. Like, I hated my life. I, it was so hard. Um, up to that point, it was probably one of the hardest things I had had done, and um, the ministry group I was a part of, we were doing a, a corporate fast, similar to, to, to what we're, we're doing, and uh, we had this, there was this prayer room that was like on the third floor of a church, and, and at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we went to the prayer room, so it was like, it was like hardcore, like not eating, and then like we're going into this room and praying, and when I was in that room, I would pray, and, and I, it, there was moments that felt spiritual, and, and other times it felt like I'm just pushing, I'm, 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 like nothing's happening, I'm pushing, um, but throughout the week, it was just like painful. I was just mean and just like struggling and hurting. My stomach was hurting. I'm like, why am I doing Why am I torturing myself with this? And so that first time was a really rough experience. And, and I say all that to say that we, we're, we're doing this together. And so if you need support and encouragement, there's people who have done this. As I've uh, walked through the journey, the spirit, fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's, it's a spiritual discipline, just like prayer, just like worship. Just like reading our, our word, just like giving or serving or, or silence, that's actually a spiritual discipline, silence, stillness, that's, those are spiritual disciplines that, that God invites us into to draw closer to him. And there's a reason for this fasting. I've I kind of summed it up in three P's, there's, you, get a, you know, just do the preacher thing, the P's, right? Posture, it's to get our posture right, get our heart right before God. Uh, maybe our posture has been thrown off in 2020. Spiritually, maybe different parts of, uh, of our life. Maybe we've made some mistakes, some things we weren't proud of. It'll get our posture right by coming to God humbly in repentance through fasting. Uh, it's to purify ourselves, to set ourselves aside for God's purpose. Like the, the, the fancy spiritual word is the word consecrate. We, just, we set ourselves aside for holy purposes, meaning what Ephesians 1 tells us, or Ephesians 2, 10 tells us, is that we're created to do good works. We're God's handiwork, and he has good things prepared for us. And so I just want you to fathom, church, do you know that? Do, do you know that God has good things prepared for you to do for his kingdom in 2021? I know many of us, we've been like deer in the headlights spiritually and physically in our life, but I want to ask you again, do you know that God has good things in store for you to do for his kingdom in 2021? He does. And so we purify ourselves. We set ourselves aside, not for common purposes, but, but for spiritual purposes, that God's going to use us for his kingdom's glory. And the third thing is to petition God, to petition God, say, God, I need you to show up in this area of my life, and I believe that you can, I believe that you will, and I'm going to be patient to see that come to pass. So I want to dive into this, and I think many of us, uh, we understand, hey, about our body detoxing. 
Um, uh, Taryn started working her way off of caffeine this week, and it was painful experience trying to detox off of, of caffeine. And, and she said, man, I can't imagine what it's like for those of, of you who have been through uh, drug or alcohol addiction, trying to get off of those withdrawals. I mean, some of us, we're going to have sugar headaches in the next couple of days because we're trying to cut the refined sugar, and we're going to feel that. And so the detox body, I think uh, detox of our body, we understand, but do we understand that we need a soul detox too? It's not just a physical thing. And really, let's talk about soul, this word soul for a second before we, we dive in. There's really three views kind of out there on the soul. Uh, one, it's kind of like a, called a trichotomy, which is that we as human beings are made up of body, soul, and spirit. And some will kind of break soul and spirit into two different things for, for different reasons. Um, there's, a, there's a dichotomy approach, which is we're, we're made up as human beings. We're made up of body and soul. And that's, that's this is who we are. We're body and soul. And then there's a mon, monot, I don't know, I don't forget what the M is, but it's one. <laughs> it's one. It's people who reject that we'd have, we don't even have a soul. This is kind of a secular ideal that we're no soul. We're just body. It's just body here. There's nothing spirit. There's no soul. You probably have some friends or family. Maybe you're watching this, and that's actually the view you have. I believe in Scripture. The one that I hold to is really this dichotomy that we're body and soul, and spirit and soul kind of get used you know, interchangeably throughout the scripture. So I'll just tell you that's kind of where I'm at. But I want to dive into this, and it's so important for us to start from the right basis when it comes to what a soul is and that we are a living soul. And here's the big deal. We're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. Their soul is going to keep on living eternally. Like, we are living in that eternity now, spiritually, we can begin to hang on to that hope and begin to live uh, in eternity now for his kingdom's cause. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We begin to live and pray that. So we're not a body with a soul, but we're a, a soul with a body. Look at, look at what it says in Genesis uh, 2, at the very beginning of creation. God's created humankind. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 7, it says this, And the Lord, God formed the man out uh, a man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. He, he breathed his breath. So what is in your nostrils? If you were living and breathing, you have a living soul. You're a soul. You have a soul and your body is just attached to that soul for the length of time that he gives us on this earth. We're a soul. We have a soul. And we understand we got to detox the body, but that soul needs to be detoxed after a year like 2020. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be kind of processing a few different elements, I think, that are some lingering inf- impacts, some lingering things that maybe have, have attached themselves to our soul or to our heart, or maybe from our entire life. It's maybe we're saying, oh, it's just my personality that's like this. I don't know. Maybe God actually wants to detox some of those things out of our soul. Well, this is just my issue. It's just my thing. No, maybe God wants to detox some things out of our soul. Well, that's just who I am. Maybe God actually wants to detox some things out of our soul. And I believe that God's going to really provide what the, the significant spiritual term is some regeneration in the body of Christ. That like we're just, we're new. We're walking in the new, not living in the old anymore. So that's Genesis 2. He breathes. We come to light. We're, we're, we have a soul. Genesis 3 is the fall of mankind, like things start going sideways because of our disobedience, Adam and Eve's disobedience. They got it all figured out. 
And then chapter 4 comes in, in the first family. Uh, there's the first two brothers. Anybody ever fight with your siblings? Anybody? Beckett and Camden, go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead. Uh, hi, higher. Yeah, that's right. Teaching you to be honest before the people of God. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we've all fought with our siblings. So the, the first brothers, Cain and Abel, uh, they kind of get into a little bit of a, a spat, and it's because of one of them obeyed God, and, and, and he brought to God the first fruits of, uh, his, uh, of the vine, and that was, that was Cain, and, and Abel uh, brought just some fruit. So Cain brought first fruits, Abel brought kind of leftovers. This is Genesis 4, this is the very beginning. Um, and so Cain, uh, Cain just goes out to the field one day, and Abel's upset with it, and he kind of takes that. He's like, God, what is this about? Why are you showing favor on Cain? and not on me. And he's like, well, you, you can have favor too. Like, you can walk in obedience too. You can surrender to me your first fruits as well. And uh, he gets mad about that. And he's really mad at God that God has shown favor to somebody else because he disobeyed, because he, he didn't walk in that. Um, but he actually takes it out on his brother. Sometimes when we're mad at God, we're actually taking it out on other people. In fact, I'd say all the time when we're mad at God, we're taking it out on other people. So if you find yourself taking it out on somebody else, to take a step back and be like, why am I coming to this? A, a lot of, we're not very honest about our issues with God. Can I just, this is not in my notes, but we need to talk about it for a second. We're not, we don't talk about when we're angry to God because we don't feel like that's very spiritual. I think my next series, I've been going back and forth. I've got like three different series for, for February. But I've got one on anger that's just been brewing in me. <laughs> I, I'm kind of concerned uh, about my idea with it, though, because I want to call it hot now and, like, have Krispy Kremes <laughs> out here. But I'm kind of concerned about doing that right after the fast. But maybe that's exactly what we want and need the week after. But we don't deal with our issues with God. We just take them out on everybody else, and we never step back and be like, what am I really mad at? Who am I really mad at? I think we can get that right. And that's what was going on with Abel. He was really mad at God, and he was taking out on other people. He was trying to deal with it. And so he goes out to the field. Verse 8 says this of chapter 4. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain uh, attacked his brother Abel and killed him. I've been saying it backwards the whole time. Sorry about that. Then, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know. A am I my brother's keeper? Here's where that phrase comes from. And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, and here's what God says to him. Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you're under a curse, and you're driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. I, I want to talk to some of us who've got a restless soul, just like Cain did. We've got a restless soul. The, the restless soul is always searching but never finding. It's, always, it's interested in everything but satisfied with nothing. It's searching. This word restless. Uh, when we were, um, we had just gotten married and Taryn, you know, you get to learn somebody's mannerisms and their habits. They're very annoying habits and, and, and she was starting to learn some of mine that I'm a little bit restless in the bed and and at one point, um, you know, I just, I had to have an excuse for why I'm just moving about. And I said, you know, there's all these commercials about restless leg syndrome. And I'm not making fun of that if you have restless leg syndrome. But I just used it in that moment to kind of get my wife to be quiet. And I said, I've got restless leg syndrome. You shouldn't be making fun of somebody with a disease. And I just tried to 
put her in her place. But some of us, maybe we're restless in our bodies and we're always moving. We're always trying to make something happen. And really, what's behind the word restless is anxiety. And also, we can be restless because of boredom. And some of us, we're restless because we're bored and we're anxious. We got so much time on our hand and all we do is worry the whole time. We got more time than what we used to and, and we're just, we're restless, we're anxious. And, and, and what we have in, in the scriptures, kind of the, the, this word restless could be used for a lot of different things. And, and this curse that was spoken um, to Cain here, it, it really means that he's just going to wander. He's just going to constantly be searching for something to satisfy him. And so many of us, we fall into that category. I know I like to distance myself from even thinking that I'm a, I have a restless soul, but I'll be honest, I have a restless soul. I'm always searching. Maybe some of us, we've been searching for the perfect church and we never find it. We just keep looking. Maybe we keep looking for the perfect job and, and we're never satisfied with anything and it just never makes us happy. We're satisfied with nothing. We keep looking for the perfect group of friends who will just make us feel exactly like we want, but we're never satisfied. They're never good enough. We always turn our back on them. I don't know what it is for you, but the picture I get from this word restless is like a reed. I meant to grab one of those. You know, like just a long skinny. They're so thin. You know, and they just, they just flop back in the wind. Flop back in the wind. The wind's just pushing us side to side. And, and I'm just guessing some of us, we've been pushed by the wind through 2020 and beginning of 2021. The wind of every news cycle, the wind of every Facebook share, the, the wind of, of every single wind of doctrine that's come along, the wind of, of ne the next business opportunity and money, and we're just a reed. You say, I'm not restless. Oh yeah, you are. You're just, you're just searching, but you're never finding. Interested in everything, satisfied with nothing. And God wants to lead us into a deeper place. He wants to detox the restlessness out of us so that we can understand what it means to rest in him. He wants us to rest in him. Look at what the scripture says, Ecclesiastes 2. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving for which he labors under the sun? All his days, uh, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. That's some of us. That's some of us in this room. Our mind just won't stop. And so, simple question as we transition. Simple, where do we find rest for our souls? Do, do you see it? I mean, I know I see it. There, there's ways in which I, I find myself restless, spiritually anxious. Maybe some of us, we're, we're bored and we're just, just can't, just, my mind never shuts off, my body never shuts off. Where do we find rest for our souls? It's in God alone. It's very simple. We find it in God alone. Look at what um, Psalm 62, 1 says. My soul finds rest in God. Trust my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. I, I want us to say this out loud. My soul finds rest in God. Will you say that with me? My soul rests in God. Some of us, we just need to write that down somewhere and just let it stop us in our tracks Monday afternoon when we realize that the to-do list will not get done today. Friday afternoon when we can't shut off and just be with our family. We just need to put that somewhere. My soul finds rest in God. 
after we move out of the prayer room or the opportunity after the prayer and fasting and we're, and we're waiting, God, where's my answer at? Oh, my, my soul finds rest in God. I love this quote from Augustine or Augustine. You have made us for yourself. So you, God's created good works for you, but he made you for himself. He, he wants to enjoy relationship with you. He didn't just make you to kind of build him castles around here. He's going to use you to bring glory to his name, but he made us for himself. Oh Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Our soul is going to be restless until it finds rest in God alone. So, so how do we find rest? How do we find rest in God? Three simple things I want to tell you today. First, we've got to be still before God. I'll be honest, I'm not good at stillness. God has had to teach me stillness. Yesterday, the only time I'm really still, and some, some folks will uh, identify with this, the only time I'm really still is when I'm watching a ball game that I really want to watch. Taryn can tell you, once we got home from Beckett's basketball game yesterday, I said, I'm getting on this couch, I did a few honeydew things, and I said, I'm laying on this couch. I'm going to rest and be still before the Lord, to be still before God. It's hard for us. I feel like we've got to keep up with the next business. If I sit down, then they're going to pass me. I've got to keep up with the Jones. If, if I'm not working, then nothing's going to happen. I can't, I can't move ahead unless I'm hustling. And God has taught me to be still before him. Psalm 46.10 says, be still before the Lord, or excuse me, uh, 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. If I just let the silence be with us for a few moments, you'll get uncomfortable. Because we're uncomfortable with silence. We're uncomfortable with stillness. But more than ever before, we've got more noise in our lives than ever before. And we need to learn to be still. As we see things falling to pieces at work, or at home, or in Washington, we feel like I gotta do something, and so we're just restless in anxiety. But the invitation of God through the psalmist here is to just be still before him. And just know he's God, right? God's called us to be involved in our world, to be a light in this dark place. And this was one of the, this was a dark week, as was the week before that. It just felt like it's just been darkness. We've just been living in darkness. And we just need to rest and be still in his presence and know that he's God and that he'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in this earth. I, I love this uh, verse in, in Psalm 130. I'm, I'm gonna give you a lot of psalms, and so if you like psalms, um, I, I'm gonna give you a lot of them here. But I've stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I just gotta teach, I gotta teach my soul. I gotta teach my soul a little something. How to chill, how to wean off of my addiction to my performance. I, I've got to teach my soul to be still and quiet and know that while I'm still, God's 
still God, and he's still king, and he's still working even when I'm not. So like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. May God teach us how to be still before him. If we wanna find rest in him, then we've gotta learn to be still before him. So we gotta be still before God. The second thing um, that I would say to us is we've gotta learn to, to wait for God. Wait for God. I hate waiting. I've been doing a lot of things in the building department um, between the projects we have here and the project I've got going on in the house right now. And it's just, you know, I, you go in and, and they give you the ticket, you know, B210 or whatever. And then they send you to five different departments. And there's a way, you know, like when you go to the DMV and there's like, everybody's in one place and you get your number and then, but you're, it's all in one queue. This is like seven queues that you have to go through to get a permit through and so you go you go to the building department and then you go to zoning and then you go to concurrency and then you go to the tax collector and then you go to historical site and there's all these waiting and like I know what I know about waiting in my life is I hate to wait you know and I I want to learn patience but I just want it now like I don't I don't want to have to wait for it but Psalm 37 7 says be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him so it's not like, all right, God, I'm still, now I'm going to go back out and make it. No, I'm going I'm to continue to be patient for God. I, I think this kind of becomes trite in how often it gets talked about. Like, oh, patience is hard to learn. You know, we, we've heard this many times before. But, but we don't realize how good it is for our soul to Wait we don't realize how much we actually need that. I know what we want, but we actually need to learn to be patient for God. And oftentimes, when I'm kind of taking out my, you know, when when we're impatient about something, we get stressed and anxious, we become that reed. Am I the only one that kind of knows what I'm talking about? You guys following me with this? When I become like that reed, I start taking out really what I'm upset with God about, coming, circling back to it. When I'm upset, he's not moving fast enough on, I take it out on other people. I pointed to my wife. It probably is her sometimes. I didn't mean to do that. It's just Freudian. So, um, but be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. We've got to learn to wait for the Lord. Look at what this verse says. Wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word, I put my hope. what he said. Really, like, really, where is your hope? When we're not being patient with him, we'll find out where our hope really is. If our hope was in Washington, we've, we've learned we've got to find a new place for that in the past year. If our hope was in a certain candidate or politician, we've learned I, that, that ain't enough. I've got I to gotta go deeper in my hope. If it was in one of our family members or, or a certain business that you respect or your church or whatever, no, no, I gotta put my hope in his word as our whole being, our body and soul is waiting for the Lord. Not just, oh God, I'm spiritually waiting, but I'm, no, no, my whole being is waiting. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman wait for the mor- morning. I know this is it's hard to wait when you're not married and, and you wish you were married five, ten years ago, it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait when you're waiting for a promotion and you've been waiting for five years and you're still not there. It's hard to wait. 
I don't know how hard it is to, to wait when you want to have a child and, and it's not happening in your timing. I, I, I don't know what that's like, but I know it's hard to wait. I know it's hard to wait. But, but what I do know, I don't know that, but I know when we patiently wait for him, like he comes in and he gives rest to our restless soul. And when I, I, I put my hope not in what I can do or the outcomes that I'm wanting right now, but I put it in him, he provides rest for my soul my restless soul is ministered to. And the final thing that I believe that if we're going to rest in God, how are we going to do this? We're going to be still before him. We're going to wait patiently for him. And we're going to learn to reflect on his goodness. Just reflect on God's goodness. Maybe this sounds simplistic for you. But it's, it's what our hearts need to hear today. As we re- like move into a time of prayer and fast and a season of refocusing ourselves on God. What does Jesus say in Matthew? He says, if you'll seek me first, if you'll seek my kingdom and my righteousness, what's going to happen? Everything else is going to be added to you. So I pray right now, whether you're fasting or not, whether wherever you're at in your spiritual walk, you're just saying, hey, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to be still. I'm going to wait for him to move. I'm going to reflect on his goodness. We need to hear this. Sometimes when we're tempted to think about all we have to do We need to just really force our brains, force our hearts to think about all he's done. When when you're thinking about all you've got to do, just turn your attention to all that he's done. That's reflecting on God's goodness. Look at what this text says. Return to your rest, my soul. Some translations say, go to rest once again. Like once again, return to your rest. That means that this is an ongoing cycle. Like, we're not just going to get rested, yet you need that vacation every, every week, every month. You need that day off every year. I'm twisting some things up, but you get what I'm saying. For the Lord, here's why, rest my soul, return to your rest my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. I'm not wanting anything. I, I, he's been good to me. Return to your rest. Chill. When, when my read starts flail in this week when it starts moving when my anxiety starts getting better no no just return i just need to read this some return to your rest my soul just let her read it back to you return to my rest for the lord's been good to you just think about it oh my gosh what a difference i I read a study and we've uh applied this in our teams around here whenever we have meetings that gratitude lowers stress lowers anxiety by 27 percent i don't know where that percentage came from I, i have the study somewhere but they said it significantly lowers stress. And so how do I start every single meeting around here? We just give God glory. We just like testify. We just share wins. We just are grateful for what God's doing. And you know what? We don't have stressful meetings. Because <laughs> we just take a minute. It just lowers the temperature. It turns it down. Because we remind our soul to rest and how God's been so good to us. For you, Lord, look at this. For you, Lord, you've delivered me from death. Can anyone just say, yup? I can think of multiple times. I should have been dead. My eyes from tears. Anybody? I mean, some nights, some, some loss you've walked through and your eyes are filled with tears. He delivered you from it. Any people who you were stumbling, you were stumbling through life and he delivered you from it. Come on. He's delivered us. 
He saved us. He set us free. And when I begin to dwell on those things, man, I, I just, my soul just returns to rest. And I know there's a lot of things undone, things we want to accomplish in 2021, but I'm just, I want to start us this, this week by just saying, hey, we, God wants to detox this restlessness out of our soul. And just enjoy Him. Just be still before Him. Wait for Him. He loves you and He has good plans for you. And just think about all He's done already. When you're tempted to think about all you've got to do, just be reminded of what He's done for you. Verse 9 says, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I love the old song, um, It Is Well, written by Horatio Spafford. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray with you today. And, and I don't know what area or what things have you restless. I don't know where your restlessness is coming from. I don't know where your anxiety is spurning from, but I know that God wants to meet you right where you're at and teach us to rest. Teach us to truly rest in him. Will you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for this moment we have. God, we all know that it's not just our bodies that need some detoxing. Our soul needs some detoxing, God. Needs some, needs some ringing out in your presence today. And I just pray right now as we are gathered together and we're opening up your word, we're reading psalm after psalm, God, looking back to the very point of creation, God, when, when this curse came forward over Cain, God, to just be a restless wanderer. And some of us, God, we feel like we've got that. We've, we've got that curse. Like we've... And I just pray that you'd break it in Jesus' name. I pray that not only would it be broken by your spirit and by your goodness and by your power, but God, today as we come into your presence, we learn to be still. We learn to be still. We, we, we learn where our hope is not in you and we place it in you. God, when we come astray and we walk away and we turn our attention to other things and we get caught up in the wind of the news cycle and the, the change at work and at church and we get caught up in all the anxieties like we're like a reed back and forth, God, would you just still us in your presence? Would you just remind us, return our soul to where it was once again to rest in you? This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. As they lead us in worship, there's going to be folks at the crosses to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. If you just need somebody to just lay hands and pray over your anxiety or what you're going through, we're here for you. But let's worship. Let's open our heart. Let's be still before the Lord and worship today.